You're listening to the voice of dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion, and today's story is the second and final part of The Other Side of the Mirror by Kitra, who explores the nature of life, love, and belonging in his works. You can find more of his stories at kitra.sofurry.com. Last time, Gideon came home from work on a Friday evening, tired and annoyed, a dreadful meeting up ahead next Tuesday. Wanting to forget about it all, he went on a journey in virtual reality and found an unexpected companion on the other side of the mirror, who followed him into his dreams. Please enjoy The Other Side of the Mirror by Kidra, Part 2 of 2. When he woke the next day, it was just shy of noon. Out of habit, he went to his computer, but this time did not sit down. Instead, he looked at the photos on a shelf next to his desk. Over the years, these framed memories have turned into background noise he no longer consciously noticed, but this time he did. One of them was a class photo from high school. He knew all the faces well, but could not say what became of them. Some contacts broke right after graduation. Despite his efforts, others faded away over time, and some he had to remove from his life. Shame, he said. He put the photo back and looked at the next. A happy family, with many people crammed into one frame. There he was in the picture, just a boy, about to enter his rebellious phase. Next to him, an arm around his son, and with a proud look on his face, his late father. Many years after his father had passed away, it became painfully clear that he was the one keeping the family together. He wondered if this was normal, bound to happen, just another stage in life. The natural end of childhood, maybe. Instead of sitting down at his desk, he sat in his recliner, the framed picture still in hand. Yesterday, he was with a close friend and surrounded by people. Today, the stark contrast felt all more pressing to him. He indeed thought that maybe he had not gotten used to solitude, but really only numb to how it felt. The family photo brought back memories from a time when he felt different. It made him remember what was in the wooden chest. He put his mug down and pulled open a drawer. Inside, he found the familiar sight of his old comic books. Holding one awakened long-buried-away emotions he had felt when his dad first gifted it to him, as if the paper was soaked with time long gone. Gideon sat down and read. It was Digimon Adventures V. Tamer 01, a manga his father had gifted him because he knew how much Gideon liked the TV show. When he reached chapter 9, he had to smile. If only I were a little younger, I could fight that demon myself. He read and wondered if not everybody had a demon in their life that could not be slain alone. As he read on, all the details he had forgotten came back, and with them forgotten memories and emotions. The feeling of being sheltered and part of a family that kept together. The lack of everyday worries outside of school and basic trust in the world. There always was somebody to offer guidance and to help in times of need. Usually it was difficult to focus for hours on one thing, like reading. Today, he was not only reading, but sinking into old, fond sensations, feeling young again. Hours passed. A pile of comic books was read before he returned from his journey. The room was getting dark with the sun setting. Warmth and calm radiated from his chest like it hadn't in decades. Gideon wanted to see that protogen again and felt antsy to get back into the virtual world. 
After logging in, he looked at himself for a while in the mirror, the protogen smiling back. Well, hello there. It's good to see you too. Spartan came online and joined him. Gideon? Is that really you? Well, last I checked. So, what do you think? I didn't expect you to show up as a protogen. To be honest, I don't yet understand it myself, but I feel a connection to this one. What sort of connection? I felt I saw myself in the mirror as this protogen. I don't know where it comes from, though. Well, sorry that I can't put it into better words, but I guess it makes me happy. And that's all that matters. So, this is your new persona now? Spartan asked. I haven't thought about it that way, but yes, I think it is. To be honest, I think it suits you. How does it feel to no longer be the fox you were for so long? Gideon thought for a moment. Weird. Like bidding farewell to an old friend, but then again, I am just me. So maybe I should call it an evolution? Hmm. Interesting way to put it. There's something familiar about your avatar. It reminds me of something. What would that be? I don't know yet. I feel like it's sitting on the tip of my tongue. Well, now I am curious. If I remember, I'll tell you. But hey, our talk yesterday made me think. About what? The fandom. We've been here for decades, and looking back, I see a few things differently now. Maybe some folks think that we older furs have no more place in the fandom, but needless to say, that's far from true. I think we've a lot to offer. Like what? Through the headset, Gideon could hear Blue talking to Spartan. Oh, bummer. Sorry, buddy, uh, but the kids need me. It shouldn't take long. Can I get back to you in about half an hour? Of course. I'll go ahead and explore a bit. Come join me when you get back. Sounds good. Gideon felt relieved. He was glad Spartan liked his new look, yet he felt there was something deeper going on. On the list of worlds, there was one that resembled a beach with two moons in the sky. It felt like the right place to ponder a bit. When he arrived, he was not alone, though. On the beach stood an odd couple, a tall and overly muscular man in green sci-fi-looking armor, wearing a helmet and a small anthropomorphic yellow dog in a skirt, whose head reminded Gideon of a bell. He heard the dog shouting, You never listen to me! My God, I've been listening to you all evening. I've got a test tomorrow and I haven't even prepared yet, but still, here I am, the big guy said. She vanished moments later. Oh, great. Amazing. Just leave me standing here like a bloody idiot. It did not feel right to just leave now. Gideon thought he might as well offer an ear and without further hesitation approached the stranger. Hey, you all right? Uh, what? Sounded like you were fighting. I just teleported in and it was hard not to overhear. Sorry for that, but yeah. Are you all right? <laughs> no. She's my girlfriend and always gives me this shit. She claims I never listen. I just spent an hour letting her chew off my ear. I don't get it. Gideon had a hunch of what this was about. Something Spartan once explained to him. Hmm. Did she tell you about a problem she had? Uh, yeah, she did. Why? Well, did you just listen to her or did you try to help her find a solution to her problem? Of course I tried to help her. I love her. What good's just talking when it doesn't lead to a solution? Oh, I get you. Well, do you want my input on this? I thought that's why we're talking? Right. To her, it may have been more important to share her emotions with you. What do you mean? I guess when she told you about her problem, she wasn't interested in finding a solution, but that she wanted to share her emotions with you and feel comfortable in being vulnerable with you. 
We men tend to be different in that regard and want to find solutions to problems right away. You wanted to help and try to work on a solution with her. Maybe she couldn't see what you wanted to do for her. There was a prolonged pause and Gideon just waited. That does make sense. Oh, blast. I can see now what you mean. It makes sense, so I was wrong. No, you two were simply not on the same page. There's no right or wrong here, just different ways of thinking. Okay, so how do you know all this? Life experience? A friend of mine's married, and it pays to listen. It pays to listen, yeah, well, the stranger sighed. I'm doomed anyway. I have a test tomorrow, and I put off studying for her. Difficult topic. Physics class. We're learning about electricity, and that's so boring. I can't wrap my head around voltage, current, and all that jazz. The formulas make little sense, and I'm no good at just learning stuff by heart for the sake of it. I mix up the units and don't get what's what. It's all so dry and dull. Sounds like they didn't teach the basics right. It's easy once you understand what electricity is. How it is now. Yeah, imagine a water tank connected to a pipe. The amount of charge is the amount of water, and the pressure of the water is voltage. When the water is flowing, the flow rate, or current, is amperage, and the resistance is the diameter of the pipe. So a generator is like a water pump. Wait, 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 really? Can you explain that a bit further? Gideon went on to give the stranger a more detailed explanation of how this water analogy related to the real physics of electricity with conductors, electrons, and more real-world examples. They went back and forth with questions and answers until the tall guy stopped him, thinking for a moment. What the heck? It makes so much more sense now. We jumped right to joules and coulombs being like one amp for one second without getting behind those units. Why, why don't they explain it like this in the first place? Beats me, but... Hey, remember this. Energy is work. Just like a water pump has to turn to make the water flow, a generator has to turn to make the electrons flow. We transfer work, the movement of turning, into energy that flows through the power line, and at the other end transform into work again. This can be the rotation of a fan, for example. That's why we're doing all this. <sighs> Look, I'm really grateful, but why are you helping me? You came out of nowhere and spent all this time giving me relationship advice and explaining my school stuff to me. Because the world would be a better place if we all just helped each other in the small ways we can. I guess I was lucky that I had something to share today. But hey, the fandom needs some positive energy. And to get energy, you need to put work into it. All right, all right, I'll get it. Jeez, man. Is everything electricity to you? <laughs> you ask that of a protogen? Lol. Okay, hey man, thanks so much. I appreciate it. You may have saved my butt. I should leave now, though. I want to go over my books and let this sink in. Good idea, and it was my pleasure. Good luck for the test. The stranger was waving his hands, working the invisible menu, but before he vanished, Gideon received friend requests from him. Guess I made a friend today, he thought, and accepted. Gideon thought about his own analogy, that energy is work. He had a feeling that a deeper truth lay in this simple explanation, maybe even something that was true to life itself. Looking out over the ocean, the haze in the distance hiding what lay beyond, he let his thoughts fish for this truth that he was trying to grasp. Hey, Gideon, Spartan said. Gideon turned around and saw his friend standing there. Hey, good to have you back. Yeah, I'm back for a while now. Saw you helping that guy and didn't want to interrupt. You really made a difference there, and honestly... I'm glad to see you being so outgoing. Well, if you think so. Thanks, buddy. Uh, it didn't feel that different, though. 
Trust me, you were, but in a good way. You hide your light too often. It felt good to hear this from Spartan, but he did not know how to respond. Luckily, his friend continued the conversation. You were looking out into the ocean when I greeted you. Was something specific on your mind? I've been thinking a lot about what I just explained to that guy. I think I learned something about myself while we were talking. Really? What would that be? I think my life began to feel stagnant, because out of habit I tried to unwind when I felt overwhelmed. I thought I would need to ease the pressure once I got into the adult routine of working full-time. Gideon shook his head. That must sound so stupid, but doing this here now, I see I was adjusting the wrong parameter. No, it doesn't sound stupid. Go on, now I want to know the rest of it. Well, God, okay, look, a system is built to certain specs to function. As I explained to that stranger, you cannot change the voltage, the pressure at will, and still have a device function. What is variable is the current, and when I think about what this could be to me, applied to my life, then I think it might be more productive, doing something with my life outside of work as an outlet. Now, I see how I let myself down by not doing much otherwise. So, if I increase the current, what I achieve with my time, then I could turn the pressure that we as adults simply have to face every day into power, energy. I think it would finally feel alive again. Helping that guy today certainly made me feel that way. Spartan was silent for a moment. You know, I think you might be onto something. <laughs> yes, Gideon, this is great. I can see you teaching. Maybe have your own channel on YouTube. You're not an expert for nothing. You've got to pass this knowledge on. Uh, easy there. I just took a bit of time to help a guy I happened to meet. What's so special about that? It is because not everybody has the knowledge and you explain it to him on eye level, the way he needed it. But isn't that how it should be? We older ones should not look down upon younger folks and put them down. Instead, I feel we should help them overcome obstacles we bested already by lifting them up, offering a helping hand when we can. I learned a lot from you too, so give yourself some credit if you think I did well today. Okay, okay, sharing the spoils. Who am I to deny you that? But let me tell you, that explaining adult life with the elements of electricity is indeed so protogen of you. Gideon laughed. Yeah, your new self really suits you. Sadly, I have to head off again. Observing your encounter with that stranger took most of the time I had left. I wanted to tell you, though, that I remembered what your avatar reminded me of. Oh, what is it? That old TV show you loved back then. Digimon. What Spartan just said rushed through Gideon's mind. Huh, you're right. I can see what you mean. Spartan was silent, and this once Gideon wished he could see his actual face, for he bet his friend was smiling. I guess I have my moments. I'm sorry I have to head off now, but I look forward to talking to you more about all that's going on. Still, believe me this one bit, I am excited to see where you go from here, Spartan said. Thanks, buddy. And it's okay. I should do some thinking now, anyway. Without another word, Spartan vanished, and Gideon was once more alone. He reloaded the world into a private instance where nobody would disturb him. Memories of a birthday long ago surfaced. Out of all the supposed friends he had invited, none showed up. Some made excuses, lied, and even left him waiting in vain. It ended as one of the loneliest days of his life, betrayed and disappointed. Then there was hope. 
One day he watched TV and saw a show called Digimon. How such unlike beings could be friends, be loyal and brave for each other. It was all that he had always wished for in life. An emotion warming and comforting, a source of calm and strength. As Gideon realized now, it was the same emotion that he felt when he saw himself as a protogen. Every world here contained at least one mirror, and this was no exception. Looking in with a new understanding of what it meant to him, the hope it carried, he leaned against the mirror, thinking, when did he lose this hope? He felt like talking to this being, vainly trying to put into words what was on his heart. What happened to you that I lost you? Or did I lock you away? He tried to recall his path through life, retracing his steps. When did it happen? I went through school and you were there. I attended university and you were the wind in my sails. Then my first job, you kept me afloat. It was stressful. So much pressure and then... Gideon stopped in his trail of thoughts. Then Dad died. It was too much for you, wasn't it? Or too much for me? You got hurt one too many times and hid from the world. Or did I hide you away so nobody could hurt you ever again? Not allowing any thought of how silly it might look, he made the motion of embracing the creature from the other side of the mirror. A feeling of once again being complete wrapped him in calm and he felt all the lighter, a weight falling off his heart. I always wished for this image of friendship to be true, to exist, and to be that way myself. Hopefully, I always showed Spartan how much I value him. I don't know, but from now on, as long as I have you with me, I can be that way with certainty. Please help me be the person for others that hardly anybody was for me. Gideon felt too excited and awake to go offline. Thousands of worlds lay at his feet, ready to be explored. Without the doubt and sadness weighing on him, world hopping was even more fun. One after another, he visited floating islands, traditional towns, futuristic games and many creative worlds. After over an hour of travelling, he found himself in a world with wolf avatars on offer and remembered Spartan's request. Gideon tried them out and found two good candidates that he saved for his friend. The night was perfect. Now he even found something he was sure Spartan would love. Gideon wanted to change back into his protogen avatar. When he opened the panel with his saved avatars, panic arose within him. The avatar was not there. It must be a glitch, he thought, a kind of bug in the client. Frantically, he searched his menus up and down until it dawned upon him. I never saved the avatar. I was so excited when I found it that I forgot, he thought. All he had saved was his old cartoony fox avatar and Spartan's wolves, so he became his old fox self again. Gideon wondered, what if he would not find him again? It was in a public world that he had found the protogen, so he tried to retrace his steps. Where was he in the beginning? What world was it? A chase across the universe began, and for many more hours he jumped worlds in the hope to find that one place where his beloved protogen lived. It did not help that he indeed felt like his old self again. The shame that this clumsiness carried, whispering him thoughts that tore at his heart and pushed him down. The search was in vain. After hours, he had no more idea where to go and where his protogen may be. It was four in the morning and he logged off. This is so silly for a man of my age, he thought, but interrupted himself. No, I won't go back to my old self. I have to find him. He searched the internet for ways to find avatars. Maybe he'd overlooked something. 
At some point, he came across an online post that recommended installing a client modification to enable an avatar search. The thought of modifying the client felt wrong, dangerous. There were warnings about such modifications in the loading screens, but he felt he already lost something dear and vital. Driven and desperate, he weighed the odds and installed the modification. Taking no risk for his protogen had felt like betrayal. It did not take long for the client to load. His home world appeared around him. The menu screen enhanced with new options, including an avatar search. Gideon remembered the name of his avatar and typed it in. The search results came up and he scrolled through them. Reddish, bluish protogen with different emblems, some with fluffy tails, some with shark tails scrolled past. Silly ones, tiny ones, a wide selection. His protogen was not on page one, not on page two. Gideon scrolled faster, nervous and panic trying to get the better of him. Page three, page four flew by, and five was the last one. He looked carefully and thought he finally found him. He pressed load. In the mirror, his protogen smiled at him. Eager not to lose him again, he immediately saved it. Gideon sat on the floor and sighed. Thank God, I thought I lost you. He looked in the mirror. The protogen passively stared back. Then it began to dawn on him. What have I done? Why was I so impatient? Am I risking all this, risking you, because I could not wait to find you? A chill creeped up his spine, and he shivered. He could get banned for this. He leaned in against the mirror, forehead to forehead, with his reflection. No, I don't want to lose you. He looked up into his own eyes. It was only for a few minutes, and it was only in my home. I did nothing but look for you. It'll be fine. I'll restore my client and never use a mod again. Once he had removed all traces of the modification, he logged on again. Still, he could not shed his existential fear. Like sitting at the bedside of a dying friend, all he did was wait in his virtual home, cowered against the wall opposite the mirror. It'll be fine, he told his reflection. It was then that he realized how much he got sucked into this world. The last few days, he lived more here than in the real world. He crawled close to the mirror. Kneeling, he leaned in against his reflection, arms raised against the glass, looking for support. I once saw a movie about the Lebanon War. The young soldiers had a hard time coping with the surrounding reality. One of them was a photographer. He only looked at the world through his camera, and the lenses breaking the light of reality shielded him from the truth. He looked up, and almost believed to see sympathy in the eyes on the other side, and tears ran down from under his VR headset. When they came to a group of stables, the stench of death lay in the air. The poor horses were dead or dying, and it was then that the photographer's shield broke and reality hit him. His camera could no longer stand in between him and the truth. I'm afraid now that all this here is a lie, that I fooled myself, that nothing changed. Will I wake up to find you never existed? He sobbed, and the protogen seemed to smile at him as if he cared. Thank you, he whispered. That moment the world froze. A message popped up. You are banned. He was in shock. It took him an unknown amount of time till he took his headset off, and when he did, he knelt on the floor, alone in his apartment. He went to bed. There was nothing else he could do. His mind was blank. Eventually he managed to get some sleep. The next morning Gideon got up and stood in front of the mirror, tired, bloodshot eyes staring back at him. He wanted it to be over. 
Better a fool for a weekend than to hold on to this for weeks. So he took a deep breath and listened to whatever there may be within his heart, expecting only the cold emptiness that a lie would leave behind. Yet in his chest there was something. It took him a moment to realise, but the feeling he had when he looked in the mirror in this virtual world was not gone. Like a kindling fire, it was still there, and he realised that all that he loved about this protogen came from within. All the values, all the hopes and dreams were still there. The avatar was the canvas he painted his own once-hidden self on. He began to daydream, and imagination overlaid his reflection. He touched the mirror and smiled. I see it now. You were always within me. My hopes and values. I got hurt often, and back then I hid you away to no longer get hurt. You were always there with me on my path through life. You are the foundation that I can draw guidance from, rely upon. Once I wanted to protect you. Now it is you who protects my soul. The last piece fell into place. The aspect he admired most about these creatures he saw on TV, the Digimon, was that with great effort they could evolve into a more powerful and better version of themselves, for themselves and for others. Could he maybe evolve too? Was he already evolving? He felt renewed, a growing confidence within. No matter what happens now, all I need to know is that I have somebody to back me up. I need to be my own backup. Then I can be there for others too. Backup? He slapped his own forehead. My backup! Gideon rushed to his computer. He heard blood rushing through his veins as he remembered the day he worked in the home office and the IP phones were down. His manager had sent him instructions via email that he later deleted. Gideon checked the backup of that day. The deleted emails were there, and a daring thought crossed his mind, a smile forming. I got you now, you bastard. A plan formed, and he made a call. Hey, Sarah, sorry to disturb you on a Sunday, but it is urgent. Can you get the other team leads together early on Monday? I have a plan. Yes, we will save this company. The next day, they all met in secret and came to an agreement. Gideon wrote up a proposal and made copies. On Tuesday, he marched to the gallows. In the big meeting room, the CEO, his manager, and the board of the company were all present. The CEO opened the meeting. I think I need not tell you why we are here. The limited editions of our console are failing and negative news is making the headlines. She addressed the manager. We need an explanation. We are talking about a technical fault caused by the engineering team. I gave instructions to our senior electrical engineer here, and I ask your forgiveness because he is my responsibility. With your support, I will deal with the issue accordingly. The CEO addressed Gideon. Do you have anything to say on this matter? I have, substantially. Please pass these along and each take a copy, Gideon said, and in addition to his proposal, handed the CEO alone a copy of the emails from his manager overriding his recommendation to keep the cooling unit. What's this about? his manager asked. Sir, you instructed me to remove the active cooling unit to cut costs. The consoles are powering off because people put them in enclosed spaces, against the advice in the manual. I talked to the other team leads and we have a proposal to fix the situation, saving the face of the company. Because the cooling unit was removed last minute, the case and hardware were still the same, and built to house such a unit. All teams, including mine, agreed to do voluntary overtime to retrofit the limited-run consoles in-house, cutting costs to a minimum. Marketing suggests we paint this as a mistake we fix for our customers for free. 
Gideon's manager, looked like he was about to say something, but the CEO cut him off with a gesture and read through the document and emails. The meeting was over fairly quick. She asked Gideon to stay while everybody left. Alone with the CEO, he wondered what would happen now. He had been unusually bold today. I wish you'd told me earlier about your issues with your manager, but I also know how hard that can be. You already worked here under my father and pioneered your game console program. It is important to me that you know you can always come to me with issues. You are not just an employee to this company. You are part of the foundation. Your plan is sound, and I'm sure it will work. Thus, I see no reason for any changes in personnel except for your manager. I will make sure you get somebody who listens better. That said... I have to admit I'm glad to see how you show teeth today. You never kick down and your team likes you, but please kick up more often. I cannot tell you good job yet, but I will do so when this crisis is over, I'm sure. After the workday was over, Gideon went home. Once again, he stepped into the same old elevator of his apartment building. People streamed into the elevator as he took his place by the buttons. Gideon wanted to press the button for the 14th floor, but this time decided differently. Higher up, all the way to the top, was where he wanted to go. While ascending, he looked about, memorizing the different faces. One by one, his neighbors got off on their floors, and the cabin emptied until he was alone. On the top floor, he climbed the stairway, leading to the roof, and opened the heavy door. A blast of fresh air met him as he opened it. The sun was setting. He leaned onto the railing and let his gaze wander. The city was tinted with a hue of blue, red and purple. Yes, I see it again. A world of possibility. I am no longer afraid of change or tragedy. I will remember and hold dear all the good in my past and leave a trail of footsteps from the beginning to however long I may last and then I will be who I want to be. Nothing else but my true self to see. On the unknown road ahead, For all there is, on the other side of the mirror, is you. This was the second and final part of The Other Side of the Mirror by Kidra, read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have a story you think would be a good fit for the show, please let me know. I'm at Kaki Doggy on Twitter and Telegram, and I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.